If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Alright, good evening to all of my fellow fans of those bleeping savages in the box. Happy Mariano Induction Day and welcome to episode 6 of the Yapping Yankees podcast. I am your host, as always, Mike Scudero, here on July 21st, 2019, coming at you with another episode. How the hell are you today? Hope you had a great week. I know I did. Went to not one, but two Yankee games this week. But first off, before we even get into episode 6 with any Yankees talk whatsoever, want to start with the first shout-out of the day. We're going to have a lot of shout-outs, and you'll see why in a second. But first, the regular shout-out, as always, goes to Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to find Team Left Jab across all social media platforms at Team Left Jab. They feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. So be sure to check out Team Left Jab on all social media platforms, guys. Sam does a really good job over there, so be sure to check it out. So, as I was saying before, it has been a a crazy, crazy week, both with the Heat, with the Yankees, with everything, pretty much. But, in the midst of it, I did make it to two Yankee games this week, and... It's been a few months since I've been to a game. The last time I was at games, it was back in April when the team was uh, not so great. But that was the last time I was there. So it was really good, really nice to make my Yankee Stadium return. I went on Tuesday with my girlfriend and Friday with my girlfriend, mom, and brother as well. Had so, so much fun. Both games are a great time. And I also corrected my 0-2 record, and that was really, really good. Because before these two games this week, I was really nervous that I was like, I was like bad luck central for the Yankees in 2019. I was like, oh boy, every game I go to this year, they're just going to lose, aren't they? <laughs> but, but that wasn't the case because this week I went to two games. They won both of them and both games were a lot of fun too, you know, on top of that. And also on Friday, I was able to meet up with some Twitter people. Finally, <laughs> I have met one, my friend Gina Pacifico, but I was able to finally meet more at the Yankee game because I gave, I said on Twitter, I was like, I'm going to be at the game. Who's, who else is there? Got a lot of people messaging me back and I met up with them. It was a ton of fun. I met my good friend Dave, his girlfriend Crystal. I also met Nikki99, as you may know her on Twitter. And I also met Greg, whose name is God is Great on Twitter. I'll be giving them shout outs as well. I met up with the four of them. It was a great, great time. It was so much fun. I watched the game with them for about maybe an inning and a half or two innings, and it was it was a great time just meeting up meeting up with them, took pictures with them, watching the game. It was it was awesome. It was the first time I really met up with anybody on Twitter, you know, at a game, so it, it made the game even more fun. So speaking of Twitter, though, I do have something to say about Twitter. You amazing followers out there, I did put up a poll out there today. Usually I put out a Yapping Yankees weekly Twitter poll maybe a few days before the show, but I'll be totally honest with you. In the midst of this crazy week, because I've been doing so much, I completely forgot. <laughs> so, so today, this morning, I put up a Yapping Yankees poll, and it actually got the most votes of any of any poll I've put up yet. It got around 150 votes, so that's some good feedback. So it's not any, you know, like, bogus results where, not, where hardly anybody voted anyway. But I, I got a lot of feedback on this one, and this poll is still going to be open for many more hours, but I figured I'd still talk about it. And it got a lot of good feedback, and I'm going to be giving everyone that commented a shout-out, too, because a lot of people commented, too. It was a lot of feedback. So here is the poll. The poll was, I asked you followers out there, do you believe this Yankees team right now, right now, has what it takes to win it all? The two choices were, yup, <laughs> or... No, they need to make a move. These results honestly shocked me a little bit. And it seemed that there were some people in the comments that were a little unsure. Like even some people that voted yes still thought in the back of their mind, oh, maybe they still do need to make a move just so they're secure. And then some people that said, no, they need to make a move, they, they said, oh, well, maybe uh, maybe they could do it anyway. <laughs> so seemed to be like some people like, you know, conflicted. they were conflicted with their answer. 
But nonetheless, the results were this. The answer of yes, they do have what it takes to win it all right now, won the poll with 67% of the vote. And the choice of no, they need to make a move, lost the poll by a scoring of 33% vote. So from what it sounds like, even though there sounded like there were some people that were a little confused with the choice, you know, sort of doubting themselves a little bit. A lot of more people out there, 67% over the 33, believe that this Yankee team right now, before making any trade deadline moves, can win the World Series. I expected more people to say, no, they need to make a move. So this poll was really interesting to me. I'm glad I did it. It was it was fascinating. Got 145 votes and it's probably going to get more because it's going to be up for many more hours. But I'm going to read some of the comments now. I'm going to start off with my good friend, my brother, that I did radio shows on college radio with for years my brother Matt O'Leary be sure to follow him on Twitter at Matt O'Leary NY really great guy puts out some really solid content with baseball hockey uh, the whole deal with the Islanders he's great Matt commented on the poll they're a strong contender with another starter it'll be a lock still voted yes so that's what Matt had to say Osvaldo, you'll have to excuse me if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, but your ad is Osvaldo Alcant, A-L-C-A-N-T-S. Osvaldo said, No, we need arms, decent arms. We need arms to win it all in the postseason en route to a World Series title. Paxton has been a huge disappointment. And he tweeted this after the game today, which we'll get to, of course, when we do our recap of the week. So, obviously, Osvaldo not happy with... Paxton's performance today, and many people aren't. On Your Mark Fitness also commented at Jason Marcucilli, seems like M A R C U C I L L I. That's a last name. <laughs> Jason said, I'm still concerned about the starting pitching. Houston is a team I worry about. Very valid concern, Jason. I myself do worry about Houston as well. I do think the Yankees do have what it takes, both now and especially if they make a move. But Houston is definitely the team you have to work past because in 2017, you know, things were scary at times dealing with Verlander. And this year you have Verlander, Cole, and and with the other names being thrown around, what happens if they get a Noah Syndergaard perhaps? And people may say, oh, Noah Syndergaard's not having, having the best year. The Houston pitching people have really proven to turn people's careers around, Justin Verlander being the finest example of that. So Syndergaard, in my opinion, or anybody for that matter, that's that's elite and maybe just elite not even having a good year, they cannot go anywhere near Houston. They can't. They'll become elite because they will be taught to pitch effectively there. It'll just go very badly for the Yankees. So I definitely do agree. Of, of, of course, also Houston has a great offense as well. They're just a very solid team, and 2017 scared a lot of people, including myself. Even though that ended up being a great series, and many would argue that the Yankees, 3-2 series lead, should have gone on to the World Series and beaten the Dodgers. But we all know how it ended up turning out anyway. That's why a lot of people are concerned about this year. They want it to end differently, with the Yankees moving on this time. Dave Dawn, one of the guys I met at the Yankee game on Friday, and... His at, of course, is from Dave till dawn. Dave's a really cool guy, and so is his girlfriend, Crystal. Really cool girl. And Dave commented on the poll, I wish I did, but I don't, meaning he doesn't feel confident with the team right now. Houston's rotation is too good. Look at, it, look at what Verlander's done to us this year so far. We need someone who can throw zeros up with him until we can get into the bullpen. Also a very valid tweet. I definitely agree with that one. And here's my good friend Gina, Gina Pacifico, at Gina underscore Pacifico. Be sure to follow her as well, and be sure to follow Dave too, from Dave Till Dawn. Follow them both. Gina said, offensively, I think we are good. Hopefully Stanton will be back by then as well, but pitching, we need to make a move. Like everyone else says, Houston's starting rotation is a concern. So definitely a lot of people citing that Houston is a very scary team, especially in the rotation. Valid, guys. It's valid. George commented as well, at Yankee Nerd Stats. Shout out to you, George. George said, absolutely. I mean, they do have the best record in baseball. So George is confident that the Yankees have what it takes right now without even making any deadline moves. Now, Lou Rallone. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right either. Or Lou Rollin. I'm going to say Rallone. At Coach Laurelon. <laughs> 
This is Coach Lou Laron. That's it. Coach Lou Laron. So Lou said this this most important thing to take in consideration is in the playoffs, we faced their top pitching staff, their aces. I know our offense had been potent, but when can we go toe to toe with other teams' aces? That's where I'm on the fence. That's valid, Lou. That's a good comment. I definitely agree with that. So it's it's just again, you know, concerns echoed with guys like Verlander. So Coach Lou Rallone, thank you for commenting as well. Be sure to follow him. And we also have Mike at NY Sports Zero Zero Zero. Mike commented, "We have a bullpen and decent starters. We'll be fine." Hmm, interesting. So he obviously was a voter for yes. This is a long name right here. Tom, in parentheses, the old Isles fan since 75. His at is Mass Tom. He said, need a lights-out starter in a short series. If they get one, it's strong, yes. So, obviously another advocate for needing to make a move. And Kirk Coste, or Cost, I hope I'm saying that right. Kirk, C-O-S-T-E 23 is his at. He said, with this team, we can definitely win the World Series. So these are all the people that commented. Also, underneath another comment is David Diaz, at Real Diaz 413 He said, Apso-freaking-lutely. <laughs> so, and he also said, to go on with that, because I, I replied back, I said, I love the confidence. And he said, seen all the championship teams in person from the Dynasty era and 09, and you can tell from the way this team performs and they carry themselves, they're going all the way. Very interesting, David. I like the confidence, and the reasoning's good. As someone that saw the 9 team as well, they're playing in very similar fashion to them talent-wise, and I could see that happening. That's definitely possible. But I do I do like the confidence. Now, those were all the people that commented on my poll. I hope you're happy about your shout-outs there. If I mispronounce your at names, I apologize. Some of them are just very long and complex. <laughs> so... I did give you the shout-out, and thank you so much for voting as well. The poll's now up to 147. As people continue to vote, it still seems to be 67 to 33 in favor of, yes, this Yankees team right now does have what it takes to win it all. So the vast majority of you, you definitely seem to think that they do have what it takes. I'm a little surprised by that. I expected some more people to say, no, they needed to make a move. But hey, the people have spoken. (laughs) And that's what matters. That's why we do the polls anyway. See what you guys have on your mind. So I do also want to give quick shout-outs to those that I met on Friday night. So I did meet Dave, and again, Dave's at is from Dave till dawn. Dave's a really solid guy. I had a lot of fun with him and his girlfriend as well, as I mentioned before, Crystal. You could follow her, Crystal with a K. She's on Twitter, and I'm sure you could see her on Dave's page. Pretty sure they have each other in their Twitter bio, so you could see them on there. So that's definitely where you can find them as well. Also, be sure to follow Nikki99, whose at is NikkiB underscore 04. So be sure to follow Nikki. She's a lot of fun, and she absolutely loves Aaron Judge. So if you love crazy Aaron Judge (laughs) content, then go follow her. She's really nice as well. And I also met up with a guy named Greg from Yankees Twitter. He's really cool, very popular. His at is at GodIsGreat122. So be sure to follow Greg as well. He's a really cool guy. Just Yankees Twitter is awesome. You know, we always always talking to one another, wanting to meet up, do this, do that, talking about the Yankees all the time. It's a lot of fun. It's always a great time. That's why since I've been meeting more people from Yankees Twitter, it's been so much fun. Had a lot of fun doing it. And if you go to a game, and and you could put out there on Twitter if you have a good following as well, if you could put out there that you are at the game as well, while others are, just try to go meet people. It's a lot of fun. You got a lot of fun people out there on Twitter. You also have your crazies, but you have the good people as well. So just hang your hat on that one, I guess. So, now that that's over with, let us go on to the recap of the week, as we always do. The recap of the week, the what has happened in Yankee baseball this last week up until today. So, of course, let's start with today since, of course, it's the game that most recently happened and our minds are probably on this one the most. And as you know by now, of course, the Yankees lost today 8-4. to And this loss is really not going to make anybody lose any sleep, at least I don't think. I'm not losing sleep over it. This is one of the lesser, tougher losses this year, I guess you could say. 
Because, I mean, yeah, Tampa won today and they gained a game, but they're still nine games back. The Yankees have been doing an awful lot of winning lately. They won the series, and that's what matters. And Boston didn't budge at all. They're still 11 back after having trouble yet again with the Baltimore Orioles. They lost the series this weekend, which I don't even know what to say. They got killed on Friday night while I was at the stadium. I remember laughing about that, looking up at the scoreboard. (laughs) And then today... They got no hit into the 6th or 7th inning, and they got shut out. They lost 5 nothing. This is the Orioles. The team is probably going to lose 115 to 120 games this year, maybe. So that was that was just wild. I, I, I didn't even know what to say about that. So that's what's going on in the division, and what, and you know what the Yankees have been doing lately to really support the point of you should, really shouldn't be losing sleep after today's loss. It's not that big a deal. They're hitting the road tomorrow, bounce back, bounce back with some more wins. The division leads good. They've been winning. They won the series. And the minimum of it that you want is you want to win the series. And they did that. So there's no need to go nuts. I know there are a lot of people going insane on the loss today. And even I tweeted out. I said, you know, listen, it's, it's not the end of the world if they lose today. Because of what they've been doing lately, the division lead, they won the series. Don't worry about it. Can't win them all. You can't. That's the simple truth in a long, long 162-game year. You're going to go through your highs, you're going to go through your lows, and you're not going to win them all either. It's just the name of the game, as they say. So this game got off to a powerful start today. Charlie Blackman led off the game on the second pitch against Paxton, hit a solo shot right away. As per usual, Paxton giving up at least a run in the first inning. This first inning just haunts him. It haunts him. Then he got the next three outs after Blackman's leadoff home run, so it was one nothing Rockies heading to the bottom of the first until DJ then led off the day for the Yankee offense with a home run to tie it up right away. So it was one to one right off the bat. Both the first hitter on both teams right out of the park. That's it. <laughs> so then in the top of the third, after Paxton had an easy second inning, and I was saying, oh, there's a solid chance that uh that Paxton could be coming back down to earth and just, you know, Settling down and getting into it as he does after the first inning usually. But the third inning ran into a lot of trouble that started with the leadoff walk. Leadoff walks most of the time will not end up good. And that was the case for the top of the third in this game today. He did strike out Trevor Story, Paxton did, with the bases loaded, which was huge. And then Nolan Arenado came up next. And this was the scary part because you know Nolan Arenado. Batting average through the roof with runners in scoring position this year, somewhat close to DJ. And you just knew it probably wasn't going to end. I knew it wasn't going to end well, and it didn't. Because after a good at-bat against Paxson, he had a double down the left field line. Rockies took a 3-1 lead, and they wouldn't look back after that because then after that, David Dahl would have a two-run single of his own, making it 5-1 Rockies. Then a two-run grounds rule double for Trevor Story made it 7-1. Mike Talkman then hit a solo home run. Mike Talkman's been doing solid since he got called up again. Make it seven two Yankee. Make it seven two Rockies rather. Then a passed ball by Gary Sanchez, drove in another run for the Rockies, and then that made it eight to two. Oh boy! <laughs> and then in the bottom of the eighth, Aaron Hicks with a two run homer made it eight to four Rockies, and that would be the final score that the Rockies won by. So of course the weekend finished up with. The Yankees winning the series, the Rockies winning the final game, salvaging a game in the three-game set. And now the Yankees will be moving on to Minnesota, which we'll get to when we look ahead. But for now, let's go all the way back to Monday and recap the week. So Monday was, without a doubt, the strangest game of the week. Now, remember when I told you my week was crazy? Well, it's because I had a lot going on. On top of the two Yankee games, that wasn't the only sporting event I went to. Because I did go to the Yankee game Tuesday and Friday. But on Monday, Monday Night Raw was in town. WWE was here on Long Island. They were at the Nassau Coliseum. So I went to Monday Night Raw. And I missed most of the Yankee game on Monday. Thank God I missed it. <laughs> because of what happened. Being to- I'm still baffled about it. Tomorrow's a week ago that the, play- that the game took place. And I'm still confused at what happened. Not knowing how it happened at all. Totally confused. (laughs) Looking for answers. I was like, what? (laughs) I had no idea what to say about it. And I was keeping track of it while I was was looking at Monday Night Raw in front of me in the Nassau Coliseum. And just the end of the game. 
put my mind into a knot. <laughs> I was like, what? So Monday comes around and, you know, they just got off of a good weekend. So I'm like, all right, let's... Tampa Bay Rays are in town. It's a big four-game series for the standings. We'll see. I'll take at least a split, I was telling myself. So, so then Monday came around and the game starts. And Travis Darno right away, hits a solo shot to put the Rays in the lead. I was like... Travis Darno, okay, whatever. Just don't give up anymore. That's all. Then he comes up again in the third, and he hits another one out. This is all off Paxton. And you know Paxton giving up the solo shot in the first inning, even though it was Travis Darno. Not very shocking, because again, another example of Paxton struggling in the first inning. It's it's his shtick for a lot of his starts this year. It just is. So I was like, all right, but then in the third inning, it happened again. I'm like, okay. What's going on with Travis Darno? <laughs> so then they were winning two to nothing, the Rays were. And then Edwin Encarnacion, who has been red hot of late, hit a solo shot to put the Yankees on the board. They were trailing two to one. All right, one more to go. And they would get that one more. Bottom of the seventh, Gio Urshela went deep for a solo shot. Now it's a tie game at two. And then to the bottom of the eighth, Encarnacion would continue his hot streak, hit his 27th home run, a two-run shot to left field with Aaron Hicks on base to make it 4-2 Yankees. And now they're going to the top of the ninth. Chapman's coming in. All right, time to wrap this baby up, right? (laughs) Nope! (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) That is not what happened. Because down to their last strike... The Tampa Bay Rays have Travis Darno up at the plate against Chapman. I'm, I still don't understand it. I can't make sense of it in my brain. Travis Darno, a three-run homer to right field to put the Rays in front five to four, and they would end up winning by that score. So Chapman blew the game, and Travis Darno. Travis Barry Bonds Darno. I I was at a loss for words. This guy, who has been a joke for most of his career up to this point, he's been okay at best, at best, just had the best day of his life. He channeled every great home run hitter that ever existed in him. Barry Bonds, Babe Ruth, whoever the hell it was, channeled through him for Monday night. And he went nuts on Yankee pitching. Now, I didn't really understand the pitch selection in that final at-bat either because Darno was kind of all over the slider, reading in the dirt and everything. Probably would have gone fastball because you know what they say, if, you, if you're going to get beaten, you want to get beaten on your best stuff. And without a doubt, a lot of people like to say, oh yeah, slider's uh, Chapman's sneaky pitch now whenever his fastball's not working. Yes, it's true, but the fastball is Chapman's number one pitch. It's his best pitch. It always has been. He's been relying on his slider more probably as his arm is getting more tired as his career progresses. I mean, how hard how how often can you throw like that? And then when he maybe when he's getting tired on any given night or when he realizes his fastball's number one pitch isn't working, his true number one pitch, he goes to the slider. But his number one pitch is the fastball, so use it. Get beaten on your best stuff if you're going to get beaten. And especially Darno, who was somehow all over his slider, reading it everywhere. They thought it smart on a 3-2 count, even though it would have been a ball anyway. It was just a, a pretty good piece of hitting, if you want my honest opinion. It's just it's just a fact. It was, it was a great piece of hitting, and he took an outside slider, the pitch selection, a slider, and drove it to right field. And that would win the game for the Rays. Fortunately, this would be the only game that they would win in the series, but... To this day, on on Sunday, the 21st, six days after that happened, I'm still baffled. And yeah, you're like, Mike, you're reflecting on a loss that is a little blip on the radar that happened six days ago. I'm just recapping the week, and I'm just telling you how baffled I was then and how baffled I still am now over it. (laughs) Do I really care that much, as much about it now as I did that night? Of course not, because the Yankees ended up winning the series anyway. But it was confusing. It was really weird. Really, really weird. So then you're going into Tuesday. Like, what the hell is going to happen with this game? But we went into Tuesday, and I said, when we were driving home from Monday Night Raw on Monday, 
There's just there's a method to my madness. Here's the thing. And it ended up being true this time. I'm glad it was. After a really bad loss, I have a strategy. After the Yankees lose a really, really tough game, what I do is I get my ass right to Yankee Stadium for that next game because I feel like the team is going to come out with a fire on them and they're going to do something great the next day. And guess what? Tuesday was a great day. So it was a damn good strategy. <laughs> and I was so glad I went to this game. So much happened. I mean, Austin Meadows started things off in the second inning with a home run and then Edwin tied it up again. He stayed hot. Tied the game at one. After the Rays took a one nothing lead after Meadows' solo shot. Then Yandy Diaz hit a solo shot of his own, made it 2-1. to one. It was a screaming line drive that just made it out in left field. And then Diaz later on in the sixth would hit an RBI double, make it 3-1. to one. I'm like, oh boy. And most of the game, the offense was sleeping. I'm like, guys, come on. I know you're going to, you, you got to do something. That's why I came here tonight. I had a feeling you guys would come out some sort of a fire. Let's get this going. And then the bottom of the sixth came around and DJ LeMay, who hit a solo home run. So all runs that have been scored in this game, except for one, four of the five runs, except for Yandy Diaz's RBI double up to this point, run home runs. So lots of lots of balls flying out of the park. So DJ hit the solo shot to make it three to two raise. And then the bottom of the eighth came around. I'm biting my nails at this point. I'm like, guys, running out of chances. Come on. <laughs> and my girlfriend and I were sitting in the first row of the second deck in right field. And Aaron judges up. He hits a foul ball. Like, like sort of near us. And I was like, and we were in fair territory. So I was saying, come to Papa, baby. I'm right here. I had my glove. I was ready to catch it. I was like, let's get right over here in a fair territory. Let me have the ball. It landed in foul territory just under us. Or just under us in a tiny bit to the left. Because we were right near the foul pole. But in fair territory. And then the very pitch after that. He hits, a, he hits a two-run homer to put the Yankees in the lead, 4-3. to three. The stadium, I, I lost my voice after this and the next home run that I'll talk about in a second, within five minutes. The stadium was shaking. It was electrifying. And even the Yankee players and everybody watching on television or listening on the radio, they commented on how, how fired up the crowd was, how amazing it sounded at Yankee Stadium. Let me tell you, from someone who was there in person, it was loud. <laughs> it was loud. I love when Yankee Stadium's like that. Favorite. It's the best. <laughs> and then, later on after that, with the bases loaded, Didi Gregorius, who has just been... he And he even said it himself on the R2C2 podcast. He said, I haven't been hitting lately. I haven't hit anything lately. <laughs> he hit a grand slam into the right field bleachers. <laughs> you want to talk about something to erupt the stadium? Put them up 8-3 to three and they'd win by that score. That was an amazing game. Tuesday was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Had a great time there. My girlfriend Victoria and I, we had a blast. And it was it was easy getting out of there. It was so great. So great. Then Wednesday comes around. And Wednesday and Thursday were off. Well, not so much Thursday at all. But, but Wednesday especially was a horrible weather day here in New York. Anybody who lives here knows that. It was a really bad weather day. It was crappy. Utter crap. <laughs> so... They, the game ended up being rained out on Wednesday, and I, and I assumed that it was going to be. So then they scheduled a doubleheader for Thursday. And Thursday's forecast at times didn't look promising either, so I'm like, how the hell are they going to get these games in? <laughs> but they got them in. They played them both. And the first game, the Yankees would win by a score of 6-2, to two, and they were able to get that done because, again, in this game, just Austin Meadows hitting the ball out. Started off the game right away with a solo shot. And then, right after him, Yandy Diaz, with nobody out as well, solo shot. <laughs> and these were both of her, off of Herman's curveball. And Herman's curveball is known to be a solid pitch, but hey, the thing I love about Herman, and I had a feeling after this would happen, even though I was like, what the hell is going on right now? But there's a thing about Herman that you have to admire, especially in a young kid. Whenever something bad happens to him in a start, if you watch Herman closely, especially in the future, if you haven't noticed this already, you'll notice it. The special thing about Herman is that you'll notice when something bad happens to him in a game, for example, when he gives up a home run or two in a row even, his expression doesn't change. He just gets right back on that mound, locks his focus right back in, and then he just goes to business. 
And each time he's done that, he's gotten right down to business. And he does fine. After that, he managed to be perfectly okay. He went six innings after that without allowing a run. That was all he would surrender. Those two leadoff solo shots right off the bat. Pun intended. And then nothing would happen after that. He pitched great. So that that's a testament to his focus and his ability to not get distracted by badness happening in the game. He just gets right back down to business. And then after that, the offense had his back because Gio Urshela hit a game-tying two-run homer in the bottom of the second. Then Gary Sanchez ripped a ball with the infield in for an RBI single. He, he hit it off Willie Adamas. And then he, he hit it off Yandy Diaz, and then it went to Willie Adamas, who had to chase it into the outfield. And then by then, a run scored. So it was 3-2 Yankees. Then Voigt, they were shifting Voigt, don't know why. Even though Voigt had been struggling a bit, he he's, has shown that he could hit the opposite way. I, I, you're, you're not going to get a lot of solid explanations from me as to why they shift certain players. I don't understand it myself. But anyway, I'm not complaining. Voigt had an RBI single hit against the shift. Made it 4-2. to two. Then Gio Urshela, an RBI double. He did a lot of work today, uh, that day as well. And then that made it 5-2 to two Yankees. And then an Aaron Hicks solo shot in the bottom of the sixth made it 6-2. And then that is the score they'd win by. So now they have two out of the three games so far. And then game two was to be played, which started not long after the first game. Because they were back-to-back. So then game two starts. And then Nate Lowe, big power-hitting lefty, got an RBI double right away in the top of the third to make it one nothing Tampa. So then, it, it, this has been the story of a lot of Yankee games lately. They fall behind and then they come back. So after this happens, I'm like, oh, whatever. They did the same thing in the first game. So, so then Luke Voigt, in the bottom of the fifth, hit a solo shot. Finally, another home run for Voigt. It's been a while. And then that tied the game at one. And then after that, in the bottom of the sixth, Austin Romine actually scored on a balk because Charlie Morton was pitching, and, and I believe it was Mike Zanino behind the plate. He was trying to call time, and then and then Morton saw that and stopped his delivery, but time was never granted. So then when he stopped, that's obviously a balk. So Romine came in. And then a two-run single by Didi would make it 4-1. to one. Talkman walking with the bases loaded would make it 5-1. And again, Talkman's been doing very well since he was brought back up. And that's how the Yankees would win. And... Therefore, they won three out of the four games. Now, I even tweeted, I said, you know, it's pretty frustrating to think about that if Travis Darno didn't morph into Barry Bonds for one night, then the Yankees could have had the sweep. But hey, the important part, as I always say, they won the series. No complaining over here. It was just a thought that crossed my mind. That's all. Because, listen, as a matter of fact, Travis Darno was the only reason they scored on Monday. If not for that, they would have swept. That's the truth. And it was just a thought that crossed my mind. I'm not complaining about losing one game and ignoring all the positives. I'm paying attention to the positives, and I've mentioned all of them and talked about them. And I'm glad they won the series and all of that. But still that little thought in the back of my mind. Can't help myself sometimes. (laughs) So, then Friday came around. I'm at the game. Later on in the game, met up with Dave, Crystal, Nikki, and Greg. Had a great time with them. And a lot of stuff happened before, during the time I was with them, and then after as well. The game started off, the Rockies made a statement right away. Jay Happ pitched that night, I remember. And Ryan McMahon hit a shot to center field, I remember that. Giving the Rockies a 1-0 lead as they came to town. Interesting enough, DJ facing his former team. And I even tweeted yesterday, and, and DJ had a great series against them, of course. I was saying, how do you think the Rockies are feeling looking across at DJ LeMayhew right now? I can think of a few words. <laughs> so then after that, Garrett Hampson hit an RBI double, make it 2-0 Rockies. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> but, of course, you know, this is uh, this is what the Yankees have been doing the last few times. They, they get down early, but then they come back. And again, it happened on Friday. <laughs> Yet again. Edwin Encarnacion hit a grand slam in the bottom of the third. Second grand slam I saw that this week. I got to see two grand slams. The DD one on Tuesday and Encarnacion's on Friday. It was pretty cool. You don't see Grand Slams often at all, period. But got to see two this week in person. Pretty cool. So that gave the Yankees a 4-2 lead. And then DJ LeMahieu in a bit 
hit an RBI single to make it 5-2 in the, in the fourth. And then again in the sixth, DJ reached on the fielder's choice, and Talkman came home to score, and that made it 6-2. to two. Prior to that, when the Rockies were about to score more and they had taken an early early lead, speaking of Talkman, he also had a very nice throw home. He's, he's, he's solid on defense. I, I really like Talkman out there in the outfield. And then, while I was meeting up with just Dave and Crystal at the time, Aaron Judge had hit a two-run homer to make it 8-2. to two. And then by then, the game would be wrapped up, and that's the score the Yankees would win by. Very fun game Friday night. Definitely had a lot of fun with everybody. It was, it was a ton of fun. Had, a fun. had fun with my mom, my brother, and my girlfriend, of course, and also had fun with my Twitter people. Great night overall. Glad I went. And it was very, like... It was a very last-minute purchase because we were still talking about purchasing the tickets like the like a, cu- a few hours before the game started. It was like around, I think it was around like 3 o'clock we had decided, yeah, let's go to the game tonight. So we went and we didn't regret it. Now, yesterday came around Saturday and boy, was, was this a scorcher. <laughs> it was really, really hot yesterday. Now I know I know Greg and Gina, my both my Twitter people went to the game yesterday and I I really, really felt for them. It was it was bad out there. And I saw a lot of people sitting out in the bleachers, some guys had their shirts off and everything because it was so hot. And a lot of the stands were like very empty because people were either probably by the concessions, maybe catching a little gust that's that's in you know, inside the stadium maybe, or many other people in suites perhaps. I don't know. Or many people might have just not shown up because it was too hot. That's very possible too. Because I believe the real feel made it feel like like I don't know, 108 or something at some point. I mean, it was it was a scorcher yesterday, and it was even hot today. I didn't go outside today. I was like, screw that. I was running around all all day yesterday because we had gone out to the Hamptons. But you know, and and, and I, I I was able to handle the heat yesterday. It was fine because I wasn't doing much. But at the Yankee game, it was probably horrible. It was probably horrible, horrible everywhere. And also, you know, since I was out in the Hamptons, there's it's generally a little cooler out east. So, you know, by the water, things like that. So, but regardless, at the Yankee game, I was like, you will not catch me dead on this at the Saturday game. Not at all. So, the game went well, though. <laughs> the game itself went well. Tanaka was the pitcher for the Yankees yesterday afternoon. And lots happened. Right away, as a matter of fact. Senzatella was pitching for the Rockies, and right away in the first inning, he gave up an RBI double to Aaron Judge. Made it one nothing Yankees, and they would pile on after that because Glaber Torres would hit an RBI single to make it 2 nothing in the second. And then also in the second, Austin Romine RBI single made it 3 nothing. Aaron Hicks RBI single, 4 nothing. Edwin Encarnacion, two-run double, made it 6 nothing Yankees. Then you went to the fourth. And Didi had an RBI single, made it 7-0. And Glaber, with a two-run single, made it 9 nothing. So, of course, by the time the fourth inning ended, it was already piled onto the Rockies. But then in the sixth inning, you probably have to account for how hot it was in the stadium and, and probably just him getting tired overall because Tanaka began to collapse. RBI double for Trevor Story, made it 9-1. Three-run homer tagged up by Nolan Arenado. Made it 9-4, and then an RBI single for Ian Desmond made it 9-5. So, like, okay, they're within four runs now. <laughs> Tanaka ended up making it out of the inning, but that was the last inning he would go because you have to assume he was probably exhausted. I don't really blame him. That that was that was really extreme weather yesterday, honestly. And you might say, Mike, stop making excuses for the players. They're professional athletes. They're making millions. But that that le- that weather was on, a, on another level yesterday. It was. Anybody who stepped outside can confirm. Trust me. It was on another level. It was real extreme. But then, fortunately, nothing else would happen as far as the Rockies' offense. And actually, they would go to to a little bit more work in the bottom of the seventh the Yankee offense just to ensure victory. <laughs> and Mike, Talk, Mike Talkman would ground into a fielder's choice to drive in another run. That would make it 10-5 Yankees. And he actually beat out the throw to first because they tried to get him on a double play and Talkman was hustling really hard. And Edwin Encarnacion, who, again, just had a great week, (laughs) a great week, 
had an RBI single to make at 11-5 Yankees, and that was the score they would win by. And of course, we spoke about today's game just before, before we started the week, the, the recap of the week. So, this was your last week of Yankees baseball. They went 5-2. and two. I would consider it a really, really good last week. Of course, going back even further beyond that, they were still winning. You had on Sunday, when they were home against the Blue Jays, they did, they did as a matter of fact, lose one game in that homestand, but they still had a really good homestand, 7-3. and three. And, you know, since they've come back from the All-Star break, they've been playing well. There have been some games, of course, they were like, okay, well, this offense is struggling a little bit, but as I said on last week, that happens, it's a long year, and they will probably come back, and they did. Now they have a little bit of a tough task ahead of them, because now let's look ahead. This coming week, they hit Minnesota. They go to face the Twins. And the Twins, of course, over 20 games, over 500. Really solid team. The Yankees will go there starting right away tomorrow without even an off day. They'll be in Minnesota. Tomorrow night's game starts at 8, 10 p.m. Eastern. Then Tuesday, they're in Minnesota again, of course. And that game starts at 8.10 as well. Game 3 there on Wednesday is also at 8.10 p.m. Eastern. And then that is the end of that series against Minnesota. And on Thursday begins a long weekend in Boston. The Yankees will head to Boston to face the Red Sox. And if you ask me, at this point, despite how much the Red Sox are struggling against embarrassing teams like the Orioles... They probably have a little bit of a better chance catching us in the catching the Yankees in the division, if any chance at all, because they they face us directly more than the Rays do for the rest of the year. The Rays hardly face us anymore for the rest of the season. The Red Sox have quite a few games left with us directly, so of course, when you face a team that's ahead of you in the standings, you have a better chance of gaining ground if you beat them head to head, as opposed to just relying on other teams to, you know, to beat the team for you. And then and then you have to win as well to gain ground. It's it's much easier when you just face them head on and you beat them so you can gain ground, but you also have to be careful not to lose because that could hurt you as well. So that series starts on Thursday, four games in Boston. The Thursday game is at 7:10 p.m. Eastern. The Friday game is also at 7:10 and on Saturday we'll have sort of a a late afternoon into the evening game. Saturday starts at 4.05 p.m. Eastern. And then on Sunday, on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball, the Yankees and Red Sox will be on as they usually are always on on Sunday night when they face each other on the weekend. They will be on at 7.05 p.m. Eastern. The ESPN Sunday Night Games, as you baseball fans probably remember, used to always be at 8 o'clock. Now they're at 7 because I assume they got enough complaints about people wanting to go to the hell to bed before they have to go to work the next day on Monday. So that is what's ahead for the Yankees this week. Tough series against the Twins. But, you know, the Yankees usually, yes, they did well against them in Yankee Stadium when they played last time. But, you know, the Yankees do tend to handle the Twins pretty well. But you can't discount how good the Twins have been this year also. The Twins have been good. So we never know what will happen. We shall see. The last little topic I just wanted to go into just just a little bit before before we end things here on Yapping Yankees is a little bit of the trade deadline discussion because this is continually going on and my poll even involved a little bit of the discussion because of course I was asking you if you feel this Yankee team could win as is right now. And of course I do agree with those saying and I, and I appreciate their confidence too because it's hard to find people that aren't totally negative anymore. But a lot of people seem to, some people seem to think that this Yankee team could do it all right now. And others say, hey, we need another pitcher. We need another pitcher, maybe even two. Now, I hear both sides of this. I do. And I know it's not really great entertainment to always hear me say, I I hear both sides on this, but I truly do. Both sides make sense. I do think they could use another pitcher. But I also do think that this team is plenty strong enough to go on a solid run, maybe even win a championship. So, the discussion is constantly going on. Who should they get? Now, a lot of people have just nearly guaranteed that they're going to get Marcus Stroman pretty much from the Blue Jays. Now, I, I guess I'd be alright with that. I mean, his, his, his ERA is not bad. I, I mean, 
I, I, I just, I feel like they could do a bit better. I mean, I, I know, I know a lot of people will live by Strowman or die by Strowman. You know, they, they will. It's, it's confusing because a lot of I saw a lot of Yankee fans really strongly against getting him, and I see a lot of Yankee fans that are for getting him. And it's really weird because last week we were talking about, hey, maybe maybe the Yankees could get Bumgarner too. But if you look, <laughs> if you look at the Giants' situation now, they may not want to give Madison Bumgarner away just yet. They're two and a half games out of a wild card spot. Because if you pay any attention to it whatsoever, if you go ahead and take a gander at the National League wild card picture, you'll see that it's wild. There are a lot of teams in on it. You have Washington, that is the first wild card. St. Louis is tied for the second wild card with Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Three-way tie for it. Then a game and a half behind them are the Diamondbacks. Then a game behind the D-backs, you have the Giants. And then two games behind the Giants, you have Colorado and San Diego. I mean, it's anybody's second wild card over here. Even the first wild card. And that's also why I don't see the Nationals giving away a, a Max Scherzer either because they have the first wild card right now. So because of these teams contending, that could very well affect the trade deadline and who's dealt and not dealt. I mean, there are other names flown around. this Trevor Bauer, but even even the Indians. I mean, you, you look at the Indian situation. They have the first wild card. And they're not at all... I mean, not at all, if you look at things. They're three games behind the Twins now. They were like 11 behind them before. <laughs> the Twins are running away with the division. And now the resurging Indians, three games behind them. Would you give away one of your top pitchers when you're in that kind of a run? I don't think I would. So you have to account for that too. There's, all, there's Matthew Boyd out there, Trevor Bauer, if the Indians give him away. Marcus Stroman. Maybe Bumgarner. It's, you know, there were more names out there, of course, but if you look at it, it, Marcus Stroman is probably a likely one because the Blue Jays are 27 and a half games out of first place and nowhere near a wild card spot. They're out of contention. Their season's over. So whether you like it or not, you might want to just start preparing for Marcus Stroman to come here. Maybe. I'm not saying he will. I'm no profit or fortune teller. I don't know what's going to happen. But it's a legitimate possibility he could come here. And everybody on Twitter just ripping each other to shreds talking about this. Because it's it's just a, such a hot topic because everyone thinks the Yankees are going to do it all this year. And I'm one of them. I do think the Yankees are going to do it this year. I think they're going to win it all. But people want it to be a secure victory. And for a lot of people... The way that the Yankee fans can feel secure and the way that the Yankees could feel secure is by adding one reliable arm or maybe two. Maybe that second one could be a bullpen arm. Who knows? We know how much Cashman likes to bolster up the bullpen. You know, a lot of people just want that sure guy that you can say, that guy is going to help us in our quest against Verlander, Cole, and any other guy the Astros might add in the postseason. So... That sense of security will help Yankee fans sleep better at night. <laughs> that's that's why it's such an intense discussion. You'll see a lot of really high-strung talks on Twitter with people going back and forth on who the Yankees are going to get or who they should get. It's a hot topic. <laughs> so with that said, just try to keep a cool head, guys. The trade deadline is coming up. And just keep on enjoying Yankee baseball. They're doing good right now, as they have been the whole year, maybe minus the first couple of weeks. But this team is a good team. They are a good damn team. Don't get upset over little things. And I do understand people getting upset with Paxson today. I was upset with him too. He's so, so inconsistent. And today just proved it again. And I really thought he was starting to turn it around. This, you know, his last start, I was like, oh, you know, it's the second half now. Had a good start against the Rays, even though the Yankees lost the game on Monday. But... Maybe, you know, well, maybe it's the point of him turning around. He only gave up two runs. Good start, and then today he comes out and does that. 
And yeah, he ran into a little bit of bad luck today, Paxton. He had he had Hicks playing a little too deep on some fly balls to center, and Voigt dropping the the bunted ball. I mean, it, that was pretty embarrassing. But you know, it's he ran into some bad luck, but at the same time, he wasn't good. He just wasn't. There's no denying it. You want to blame it on the Heat? You want to blame it? I, I, I don't know what you want to blame it on. But the fact of the matter was he wasn't good, even though he also wasn't lucky. And sometimes to have a good start, you do need to have some luck on your side. So there's that as well. But regardless, after today, got to be a little frustrated with Paxton because, again, this has been a problem all year for him, along with the injury. or what? Again, another excuse if you want to say he's pitching through the knee pain. Maybe the knee's bothering him. The fact of the matter is, Paxton's inconsistency is frustrating at times. And if you're that inconsistent come the playoffs, might not lean your way. And I think that is also one of the things Yankee fans find themselves panicking about a lot. Saying that they need maybe even a second arm. So, that's how I see it. I think I'm speaking pretty reasonably right now. If I'm not, then hey, be sure to me- be sure to tell me and tell my ass off. <laughs> I guess. And speaking of that, you could always talk to me on Twitter, guys. Remember... If you want me to address any question, comment, concern that you have, they want me to talk about on the podcast at all, you can DM me on Twitter, at Mike Scudero. I'm going to be formulating some guests to get on here on the podcast for future episodes, so be sure to stay tuned for news on that as well. Probably be a lot of Yankee Twitter people that I talk to on the regular, and probably have some good discussion on the podcast. We'll see what happens. But if you do, again, want to talk to me, just DM me on Twitter, at Mike Scudero. DM me. I don't bite, I promise. You just hit that little envelope icon, I guess. Little envelope and send me a DM. Either if you want to talk or just, you know, with something that you want mentioned on the podcast. I'm more than happy to give everybody a shout-out. I don't care. As I've done many times throughout this show, I'll give everybody a shout-out. I don't mind. So, that's the deal with that. And So, that really is, that's episode six, guys. So, thank you so much for listening. I do have some news before I go, though. Next Sunday, I will be away on vacation, and I will not be doing the podcast, so I'll be missing a week. So episode 7, episode 7 of Yapping Yankees, remember this, will be in two weeks from today, on August 4th. That's when I'll be doing the next show. But you know, as always, you can still chat and keep up with me anytime on social media, right? That's how, what I always keep on saying, so speaking of that, why don't you go ahead and follow me on those? You can follow me on Facebook, at Mike Scudero NY on Twitter, at Mike Scudero, and on Instagram as well, MikeScuds97. So be sure to follow me on all of those. And before we go, just one more shout-out to our friends over at Team Left Jab. Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to find them across all social media platforms at Team Left Jab. They feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and of course the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. And thank you to Sam over there for always featuring the podcast on their social media platforms. It's much it's much appreciated on my behalf over here at Yapping Yankees. So once again, thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed Episode 6. I'm Mike Scudero, and I'll talk to you on August 4th when I come at you with Episode 7 of Yapping Yankees. Take care, guys. <laughs>